Hey, welcome back to the Sunday recap. This week, I am the driver, Mitch Green, <laughs> running the show. In the driver's seat. Yes, in the driver's seat. I hope, Ray, which we got a new car this week. So, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm getting familiar with the driver's seat, both in the podcast world and in my vehicle. Uh-huh. So, Ariel, you with us today? I'm here, and I saw that new car. It is sweet. <laughs> you ready for a new year? I am. New Are you? year, new you. Yeah. New year, same you. Who dis? <laughs> Chris, <laughs> Chris, we got anything new this year going on? No, man, I'm, um, I'm still me. He's still, still has the still same me. old, still a bit same beard. Yeah, yeah I, it's still, it's got the beard going on. I did think about it though, guys. When I came into work yesterday, I feel like the younger people on staff. We came in, and I feel like a lot of us were like, you know what? Like, we got all these, this new thing we're getting after. You know, something small. I feel like the older people were like, we're done with this game. Uh, well, like, like, we're not doing this anymore. Look, it's business uh, as usual. <laughs> yeah. We have kids that, uh, I, I think it's kids, because at some point, you're just kind of like, I just want things to be normal again. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> Please, yeah. Lord. <laughs> like, yep. and, so, and are yeah. your kids are your kids back in school this week? In person, virtual, what's going on? In yeah, all, all of the above. Hybrid, yeah. in person. Different for all of them? I have three boys, three different schools. One of them is hybrid. Two of them are five days a week in person. So, yep, Man. it's yeah. a little bit wacky. Well, this is the reminder that we, we should be praying for all the parents in our church right now. Oh, yeah. And, yes. and teachers, too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Man. yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah. So we've got, what do we got coming up? We got a membership class in two weeks. Can people That's still right. sign up? Of course. Yeah. Membership class is happening on Friday and Saturday, the 22nd and 23rd. Um, and it's a really, um, it's really a chance to, to get to know uh, about Stones Crossing Church. Uh, sort of if you're investigating what Stones Crossing Church is about and you want to learn more, this is really the great place to kind of jump in and get all the the nitty-gritty details of all that sort of stuff. And one of the cool things about this, too, is it's it's actually a great place to take a next step um, to really kind of see, like, where can I start serving? Where can I get plugged into? um, How can I grow in in discipleship here? Um, One of the things that we really try to do is help you to take that step. So, so yeah, go ahead and register. I think uh, the best way to do that is to go online to stonescrossing.com slash new, right? And, uh, and on there, there's a place for membership, and you can click on that, fill out the form, and we'll get you signed up. Yeah, and all three of us will be there. So That's right. If you're a regular podcast listener and you're not a member, I assume you don't hate listening to our three voices. <laughs> It'll That's be right. like podcast live. Yeah. It'll be. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast live one at a time. Yeah. But it's fun. Membership class is really cool. It's really so, good. Yeah. And we have some people that are going to be there. So you're not going to be alone. That's right. And there's also an online option, too. Yes. So so if you are feeling like, man, I don't want to be there in person, um, then join the class online. All right, Chris. I thought you did an awesome job this Sunday. Um, so here, here. Yeah, let's claps all around. If, we had, if, we could, if I could reach the clap track well, as a driver, we'd hit it right now. these buttons are labeled. Yeah, that's, that's how good <laughs> okay, you did good. right there. Yeah, okay. awesome. But no, Chris, you did a really good job on Sunday. Um, again, you, you covered the sermon. You launched us into the sermon series, a two-week series that I feel like is the thing that we all need to be talking about but is very difficult for anyone to decide they want to preach on. Yeah. yeah. So what, <laughs> what brought you to this point that you're like, you know what? I'm preaching on this on the third. I have no idea. <laughs> you know what was crazy? So just a quick thing about me. I, I, I don't really follow politics very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I don't like it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's sticky. And I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh my gosh, how can we not? Like, it bothers me. And so, <laughs> so I just don't follow very much. But the last few months have been, in particular, in, um, in our country, has been very volatile. And um, I'm, I, I look at what's going on, and, I'm, and I see the people in our church and the people around us, I mean, just really struggling with what's going on in the country. And I'm like, well, I, I, as I was praying through what to preach on, because Scott, was, you know, he's like, you know, preach on whatever you want. I'm like, okay, well, I'm like, man, I, I, I want to do something that just could help people just to know how to respond. And so um, found Romans 13 and kind of went from there. So uh, I, I think this is something that, that really – that the Lord set up though, in a lot of ways, yeah. just because I didn't know that Josh Hershberger is coming this next week. When, when I picked that and I send it over to Scott, Scott's like, Whoa, you're kidding. We got Josh Hershberger coming yeah. the next week. I'm like, okay, like that's really neat. So yeah. I feel like, like maybe the Lord is, is helping to prepare our church um, for how to respond in this next season. Yeah. I think that's a really cool behind the scenes look. Yeah. Cause it was just like, you know, we had Josh coming, you decided you were going to do this, and we're like, well, now it's a series. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're like, that wasn't necessarily the plan, but yeah. it worked out for a great way to launch us into our new year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we were talking this morning, you know, it seemed like people were really engaged, and, and I would just encourage anyone, you know, even as you listen to this podcast or, you know, um, as you think about the sermon from Sunday, if you have, like, specific questions, practical things, you know, that you want to know from this podcast – or just from the sermon, reach out to us. Yeah. Because this is something that, as we were talking about, it takes discernment. Um, it takes a lot of wrestling. How do we determine what the right thing is? And so um, we just want to encourage you, get your questions answered. Um, I am I say this often, but one of the things that I'm always questioning is how long is it okay for me to have a question about something without finding the answer? That's mm. good, yeah. Um, it, you know, and sometimes I let that go decades. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's too long. Yeah. <laughs> decades yeah. for sure is too long. You've only been alive like three decades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think I didn't have questions in twenty in my 20s? <laughs> oh, for sure. Definitely let some questions go too long. That's but yeah, good. so if you have questions, again, about how to engage um, in politics with the identifier as being a Christian, mm-hmm. ask us, because we're going to probably say some more things in this one that you're going to go, but how? <laughs> you yeah. know? And yeah. so feel the freedom to do that. But before we even just kind of jump into our discussion, Ariel, Bible lady, would you read for us Absolutely. today? Um, so Romans 13, 1 through 7. I love that you call her go. Bible lady. It's a, I, it's a throwback. It's a throwback, for <laughs> it the, it's a throwback for the friends. Episode Five, like, yeah, I, mean, I, like I know which one it was. <laughs> we coined Ariel as Bible Lady because she lady. always said, "Well, you know that it says here in the Bible." <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is Romans thirteen. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you'll receive his approval, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience." For because of this, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, and honor to whom honor is owed. 
So we're calling this series Citizens. And part of one of the things that we're wrestling with is we have this identifier as citizens, you know, of America and citizens of this kingdom of God. And I was reminded of this last night. Um, JC was doing this class online and they were doing your typical where they go around the circle and they say, like, tell me about yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. who are you Mm -hmm. is really the question they're asking. And you start to hear people give these answers. And as they do this, they're really giving um, answers for how they understand their identity. And we probably don't often when, like, we're in that context of class with all Americans say that we're Americans, yeah. you know. But I'll tell you as someone who's a missions pastor, every time I'm preaching a sermon in a foreign country mm-hmm. and I'm working through my list of who am I, you know, yeah. one of the key things that comes up is that I am an American. And so I think a right. good way to start to wrestle with what are the identifiers that we're at risk of placing above our identity of citizens of the kingdom of God is to think through the ways that we answer those questions. You know, if someone says, who are you? So I want to put you guys on the spot. I want you to tell me what are some of the identifiers that you would say, these are the things that I share. Mm -hmm. And sometimes these things, and this can be politics, this can be other things, but these are the things that I share. And sometimes like I'm at risk of putting these things above, you know, the way that I relate to God. So Ariel, you want to jump off? Your head nodding. I am. I'm just following you, but it's it's interesting because I've worn many hats in my life. Yeah. You know, as a as a mom, I've I've worked before and then I've stayed home, and so it seems like different seasons of life give different titles. Um, but you know, most recently, I would say, you know, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a follower of Christ, and then I would I would throw in I'm a, I'm a seminarian now. Mm-hmm. Um, just other things that that I'm involved in, depending on who the audience is and. So I see, I see your point. I can see us. Yeah. Well, well, and I think I've seen it. You know, sometimes I would see as a, as a, as a student pastor, yeah. I would see that the family would become this identity that could even sometimes trump your relationship of being, say, a member of the church right? or right. being submitted to God. So it would be like, no, like we're not going to go to church because this is our family time, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so, so then this outworking of this identity of, you know, being a mother can even rise to where it's like, it's going to take importance over my relationship with mm-hmm. God. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think that 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 category of identity as a mother or whatever, mm-hmm. I mean, that's still a real uh, identity in that person. It's about mm-hmm. how it's prioritized. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea, what, what I think is so interesting, Ariel, about what you said is that um, you said at certain points in my life, you had these certain kind of right. identifiers. And, and what that tells me is that these identifiers are temporary and yes. transient. Like yes. they're not like they're not permanent, and yeah. so to place a temporary identifier in priority over a permanent identifier actually is a misstep. Mm-hmm. Um, that that what we need to do is step back to look at what are the permanent identifiers that we have, and really the only one, especially as Christians, the only one that we have is being a child of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. I'm glad that you I'm glad that you said that. It became very applicable to me in my D group. I have a women's D group, and we were just talking about how we study the Bible. And mm-hmm. I mean, even when it comes to resources, you know, sometimes we'll pull out a women's study or women's Bible. Um, where, you know, I would encourage you to think about who your what your first identity is before you even approach the Bible, um, because sometimes it can be tempting to, to look at God's Word and to be a child of God through those those um, lenses and through those temporary uh, labels that we put on ourselves. Right. Yeah, so, so that has me thinking again, because I think one of these identifiers in, in some sense is that we are American. Mm-hmm. that we're American citizens. And so I'm going to pose the question to you, but I'm going to give an answer first. So give you some time to think. <laughs> but 
Um, you know, what are what are some of the ways that this identifier as being an American can be misplaced? Yeah. Can come above the way that we relate to our citizenship as a member of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you one good answer because for me, um, again, as a missions pastor, this is a... We'll decide if it's a good answer. Yeah, you can decide if it's a good answer. (laughs) um, As a missions pastor, this is something that I think maybe, um, while I feel like culturally this is a conversation that's going on everywhere now, this has been a conversation in missions for 15, 20 years Mm -hmm. because there was a major issue in world missions 15 years ago, 20 years ago, where Americans were going all around the world and they were preaching the gospel to people, and they were converting them to Christianity. But not only were they converting them to Christianity, they were trying to convert them to this, like, American version of Christianity. Yes. Yeah. So the joke was always, like, your missionary would go from, you know, Indianapolis to Africa, and then all of a sudden everybody in Africa is wearing, like, shoes with, like, straps on them or yeah. something. <laughs> you know, like... Colts jerseys. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah, because, because <laughs> the th- while... While they were preaching, you know, the gospel, they were also carrying these other identifiers with them that in some sense were at rival with the gospel. And so they would see things in these countries and they would go, oh, no, 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 that's not how you worship God. Mm -hmm. You got to sing this Chris Tomlin song, right? you know, or they'd start to say like, oh, no, 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 like you've got to, you know, read this version of the Bible that may not even be in their language, Mm -hmm. you know. And so you started to see these identifiers in world missions that actually became above the message that they were sending. So they would, you know, and so you'd see it in different ways. Like, oh, no, like, you guys, you guys, all you families can't cohabitate. you got to separate out, you know, or like mm-hmm. these things that were cultural to them not being an American mm-hmm. that were not biblical, but they were being prescribed to them as if it was something that they had to do because this was the way that American Christians did it. And so for 15, 20 years, there's been this movement where they've been trying to raise national missionaries, people that actually come from the context that they're sharing the gospel in, because it's so hard for us to shed off this American identity when we preach the gospel that we're trying to make little American Christians rather than just make Christians that actually live within their context. I I, I think that's exactly right, and and that was a good answer, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. But, uh, but yeah, the again, it comes back to making sure that these different identifiers that we have are prioritized rightly. So so um, even with Scripture, this is what I love about Scripture, is that Scripture is, is Scripture in every country, mm-hmm. right? So it's not yes. just an American mm-hmm. Scripture. I mean, th- these, are, these are texts from 3,000, mm-hmm. you know, 2,000 years mm-hmm. ago, and, and they're applicable in a Western culture, but they're also still applicable in an Eastern culture or, or in, you know, in a Middle Eastern culture or whatever. Um, and that's because it's God's word. Uh, it works in, in every situation. Yeah. So I just think those are the things that we need to have those things in the back of our mind as we're thinking through this sermon series, as we're working through this podcast. It's just, yeah. what are these identifiers that I'm at risk is placing above? Mm-hmm. You know, this, and Ariel gave her answer. I actually didn't make you give your answer of your <laughs> identifiers. But. Uh, Star Wars fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Star Wars fan. No, for sure. <laughs> but, but again, I can... Oh, I didn't know we were going there. I liked Barbies when I was growing up, Chris. <laughs> oh, but yeah. you don't anymore, do you? No, I don't. Yeah, You're right. I've shed, <laughs> I've shed that title. That identity. Yeah, you seem to be really good about making them temporary. I think that was a really good note. But yeah, I mean, and for me, I just, there, there again, you know, when I became married, it's, you know, it becomes, okay, I'm a husband. When, yeah. you know, I'm a friend, I'm a, you know, it's like, what are those things that you're going to write in your bio, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's going to say, yeah. this is who I am. We just have to recognize how these identifiers, they're secondary to our identity as being citizens of the kingdom of God. But we're also at risk with constantly battling and making those things the idols of mm-hmm. our life. 
All right, Chris, let's get back in the meat of it. Compatibilism. <laughs> oh, jeez. There we go. You, just gonna you threw it out there, and you, did, and you didn't today. get enough time to talk yeah. about it. So You know, we've talked about this on the we podcast have. before, um, and and I, I wanted to include that in the sermon just because I, I think this is an, an important discussion because um, – and, and, and I, I won't rehash what we yeah. talked about before, but I, I think it's, it, it really does come back to um, what is Scripture actually teaching us about the sovereignty of God? And what is Scripture then also showing us about our um, responsibility within that? And I think that what we see in Scripture is that both exist mm-hmm. in there. Um, and so it's a question of how those work together. Um, and so... You know, with with this whole idea of uh, God appointing our elected officials and things like that, you I think that's just a great example of compatibilism because you have our responsibility to go out and vote, but somehow God's using that. God's using that to to or, or working in the midst of that in order to bring about the result that He wants. So, um, I mean, and I let's so let's take that a little bit further. So, yeah. so I mean. The, the the argument would be that that this is how God operates in all things um, mm-hmm. that 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 he does give us freedom um, to be able to uh, respond to things to do things to make choices out of our heart um, and this is what we do constantly we we're, we're constantly making choices but there's something going on in the background where God is still sovereign over all of it and still working all these things out for for his glory, get into the theology of, you know, okay, how is this, how is this a thing? How does this come to be? How are, how is God in control? You know, how are, how are these leaders appointed? How do I wrestle with that? Especially if it's not the guy that I wanted it to be, the know, guy right? that I was praying for yeah. it to be. Or, I mean, in the case of like evil rulers too, yeah. it's like, whoa, like why, that's just crazy. You know, this is not just in Romans 13. Like, this is all Absolutely. over the Bible. There's a number of different passages. In fact, this, even this morning I was reading in Daniel. Um, there's a passage in Daniel where um, it it specifically talks about this idea again. And this is, uh, let me look here, Daniel chapter 2. Um, he's, this is verse 20 and 21. Uh, he says, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might, he changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. Like, this is this is what God does. Um, and so we, we see this. It's not just New Testament. It's not just one verse. I mean, even if it was just one verse, that would be enough. But um, but it's all over the Bible. And so I, I say that to say, I think that's something that we have to sort of wrestle with because, um, one, it is in the Bible. It's it's a it, it's it's a it's a teaching that mm-hmm. that is all over Scripture. Um, and it affects us every single day. It, it affects us because we we have these rulers, uh, whether it's our president, whether it's a governor, whether it's school board, whether it's you know, uh, like like we were talking about, even even maybe even um, parents and teachers and mm-hmm. um, and bosses and managers and people mm-hmm. like that that are in authority over us. And and what we have to recognize is that God has placed them there um, in His um, in His sovereign wisdom. He's placed them there over us. Um, for a good purpose, and that's hard sometimes. <laughs> that's hard to that's hard to wrestle with. So well, I was just going to add in here. We can actually look at scripture about about. Let's this. look at scripture. Let's look at scripture. Bible lady. Here it goes. <laughs> we need a sound for you, like Bible lady. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like whenever you come cutting the in with the, 
<laughs> With the Bible lady thing or something. Oh, man. No. Okay, so there are two passages here that I that I turned to when I was thinking about how God establishes um, the world, you know, and, and Psalm 119 is what I found, 119, 89 through 91. It says, Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. By your appointment, they stand this day, for all things are your servants. So that tells us he is, he is setting everything up, and he allows these leaders to, to rise to power, and they, they are in power because he has established them. Um, whether they're evil or good in our eyes, mm-hmm. he is able to work all things for good, as you, as you looked at that Roman 8. Romans 8 passage right. in your sermon. Um, but then if you went on to Jeremiah, there's another passage that that really convicts us too because we have a part in this. And and this is where um, God is saying, if at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will place up and break down and destroy it, and if that nation concerning which I've spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster mm-hmm. that I had intended to do to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is God saying, you know, I... I have a will, and if you have turned from it, I will I will destroy you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you choose to turn back to me, um, I will relent from what I have already decreed mm-hmm. that I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's he's establishing this as his will um, that we have a little part in it as well, um, depending on um, on our actions, mm-hmm. whether it be faithfulness or or rebellion. Mm-hmm. It matters. It has significance. No, that's great. That's super helpful. And again, I think, you know, if there's any, if there's, if there's questions about how does this look like, again, we could do series of podcasts on this. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, people spend their entire life <laughs> trying to dissect and write this, you know, stuff about this. Yeah. And so um, feel free to ask those questions. But Chris, as I was thinking about your sermon, there was really two blocks. I thought there was this, there was this beginning piece where you're saying, okay, why should we submit to our leadership? Mm-hmm. And we're saying in essence that we should submit to the leaders that are appointed by God because they're appointed by God, that God's in control. Right. The second aspect of it is, okay, now how do I do that? Yeah. Which is where I think most of us find ourselves. Yeah. Is this, you know, how do we do that? And you gave three three ways that we do that. The first you said was willingly submit, diligently pray, and give what is due. Yeah. Those were kind of the three ways that you said, this is what it looks like to submit to the leaders that God has established. And you broke those things down for us. I want to ask you, again, the willingly submit. Um, I can remember being with you in Haiti one time and really appreciating a conversation where there was like four of us shoved in this back seat talking mm-hmm. about politics and you talking about how you engage in things. But how have you seen just kind of the practical workings of submission to political leadership play out in your own life? You know, let's, let's give people a background. You're from California. You know, yes. so you're used to like very different political climates. <laughs> you've lived in Arizona. Yeah. You've lived here. Yeah. So you've seen, you know, three different categories and maybe that's what makes you, you know, more, I don't know if well-rounded is the world. Well-rounded is the word. I'll put it that way. But sure. Yeah. But or what are, completely not pay attention to politics. Yeah. So, <laughs> a little jaded. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But how have you seen submission play out in your own life? You know, and I mean, you have kids, you have kids that are getting older. You know, I, I work with high school students still, and they're more political now than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. So how do we how do we engage with them to practically say, hey, I'm going to willingly submit to the leadership that's placed before me? Sure. Well, I mean, I, I think ultimately what it comes down to for me is if I don't, then there are consequences that um, are in place that then would prevent me from 
from being able to do the things that I want to do with my life, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, if I don't pay taxes, then I've committed tax fraud and then I'm going to jail or, you know, <laughs> things like that or, or you know, whatever those consequences. So, I mean, the consequences of all that I think are, are important um, and, and, and should be there. This, it actually brings to mind, I mean, one of the things that I mentioned in the, in the sermon was that this kind of stuff took place even in the time of the Babylonian exile. Mm -hmm. And so you can look at the example of Daniel for, exa for a good example of mm -hmm. this, because, because Daniel, um, he, he really, uh, and him and, and his three friends, they were wanting to be faithful to God. Their identity in, in, in God was first and foremost as, as Hebrews. But at the same time, you find themselves, they find themselves submitting to the governing authorities under Nebuchadnezzar, under Nebuchadnezzar's son. And then when Darius the Mede took over, even submitting to them. And, and, and the submission there is interesting because they're, um, they're wanting to be helpful, mm -hmm. right? They're wanting to, 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 to serve the king. Um, and they're respectful in the way that they handle themselves. Like um, one of the things that I think is interesting in, is in chapter one, uh, the, the chapter one of Daniel is this whole thing about like eating food and they don't want to mm -hmm. eat the food that, um, that the king is providing for them because it would defile them. And so what they do is they, they, they don't just abstain from eating the food. They don't, you know, start a protest or whatever. What they do is they, they go to the proper authority, which is some, some mediator, and goes to that person and, and asks him. Yeah. There's a respect factor there where, where they respectfully ask, hey, can we do this? And, and, then, they, uh, and then it says that God gave them favor. And, and so be, because of that, then they were able to do what honored God um, and still earn the respect of the king uh, to, to get them to a place of authority, uh, actually, yeah. in, the, in, the, in this enemy empire mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um so i think it's just stuff like that where i'm like i and i'm not great at this i mean this mm -hmm. is this is the thing so it's like i you know we need to i need to learn how to better respect the the authorities because because by by giving that kind of respect to them um actually allows you to to gain favor yeah. with the community as well, you know, mm -hmm. so, um, so, and, and I, I really respect people that mm -hmm. do that well, honestly. Yeah. And you were talking about, um, in your message, you kept talking about civil disobedience yeah, and how we're never really, you know, rarely, if never are called to the point of actually civil, civil disobedience, yes. which is kind of that broad context of just saying, thinking that you are doing a righteous action by being disobedient to whatever rule that's been placed on you. Yeah. You know, there, I just saw yesterday there were a group of um, charismatic Christians that went into a alleyway. Um, I forget where they were at in one of the larger cities on the West Coast, and they were doing all these worships and these things, intentionally breaking the mask mandates of the area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where, and, and how the, this was responded by, um, this was a largely African-American community that they were in, mm -hmm. and it was a group of largely white Christians who came in to hold these worship sessions in these back alleyways because they felt like their rights were being infringed upon in this area that they were not from, <laughs> mm -hmm. that they um, didn't know the leadership, and they intentionally were breaking the rules yeah. to say yeah. that we have the freedom to do this. Mm -hmm. And so you have to wrestle with that. Again, there are times where you know rights might be infringed upon where we have to say, okay, how do we you know, obey God 
and submit to our leaders. But this was a case where they're like, no, we're intentionally going to disobey our leaders to do something that wasn't necessarily necessary and wasn't even welcomed by the people that were there. Yeah. There was an entire rally of other people saying, we don't want you here. Mm. <laughs> you know, and so their message wasn't received. Yeah. And yeah. so we just, it's just, we have to be careful that in sometimes I think we are at risk of um, acting in disobe- disobedience and thinking we're actually being righteous. Like, mm-hmm. like self-righteousness <laughs> is really what we're doing, yeah. where we're saying, you know, I'm going to do this because this is the right thing that I think I'm supposed to do. But really, in doing it, you're not even accomplishing what you're after. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I want to pose this question to you guys. Do you think we're drawn to disobedience more now than ever? Or do you think this is just the way it's always been? Oh, I, you know, I, Chris is grinning at me. I I think it's always been this way. Okay. I think that we have always been fully sinful. Um, well, not fully sinful. Once you okay, never mind. <laughs> 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 backpedal, chunk 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 chunk. Um, okay, so yeah, I would I would definitely say that we have always been um, sinful in the flesh, and um, and so I don't think that there is an increase of sinfulness. I think that that it is what it is at, at the root of our core, mm-hmm. um, and so. Uh, that is not increasing. We may see it um, playing out in different ways of the day, you know, mm-hmm. and it seems like there's a wave of political unrest that seems to show itself and rear its ugly head for the first time for our nation because we've been we've been really um, blessed after, you know, the revolution to kind of like sit in a little bit of peacetime mm-hmm. other than civil war, you know, unrest. Um, and, of course, like civil rights, um, but as far as comparing our country to other countries who have really seen major, major bloodshed, um, we haven't as much. Mm. We have, we've sat in, in, um, in comfortability for a while. Have you considered that the way that you're submitting to the leadership in your life, not only your political leadership, whether it be your church leadership, um, your parents, you know, if you're a, a young listener, um, your boss, um, your teacher, mm-hmm. your professor, any sort of leadership in your life, have you considered that the way that you're submitting to your leadership may be a mirror into the way that you're willing to submit to God? Mm. Um, and I think that's the issue that we're at, because when we get back to the why, that if you're not submitting to your leadership, in some sense, what we're saying is that you're struggling to submit to God. And if we have an issue with leadership in our life, um, which I think we all struggle with. Sure. I'm um, in pride. Nobody, nobody likes to have someone over them. And if we really do like the boss, often it's because they just leave us alone. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody, no, everybody struggles with the leadership in their life. And so I think we have to consider, you know, I'm not asking, I'm not, you know, like posing it for people, but we really need to consider that the way that we're submitting to the leadership in our life may be a mere into the way that we're submitting to God. Absolutely. And I think too it also it also reflects how um like how we should respond in that way because if we truly are looking at this, you know, looking at the scriptures and seeing God is the one that's appointing these leaders, then it becomes a thing of like okay, how I respond to them then is is truly an act of worship. You know, it should be an act of worship to God. And and so um so then that changes the way that we that we ought to then then respond to mm-hmm. them every single day. And so um, when I think about um, just just some practical outworkings of this, so like the way that I talk to my boss, 
mm-hmm. the way that I talk to my parents, um, the way that I talk about them mm-hmm. to other people, the way that we talk about our president or our president-elect to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, It's all of those sorts of things I think we have to sort of keep ourselves in check with because how we do all of those things end up uh, being a reflection of what you're saying of 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 our trust in God and His sovereignty. So then, so then you take it another step further. You you can actually begin to ask yourself the question: Why does God have this person in authority over me? Because I trust God. I know that He's got a good plan. So if that's the case, then then maybe I need to begin to pray and ask, okay, God, why is this person here in my life? Like, why is yeah. Why why is this person in authority? What good things are you doing through this? Chris, I think that was a beautiful answer. My next question, which was is in light of that, but is and let's just hammer it in. Do you have to be able, do you have to trust a leader to submit to them? No. Agreed. No. Yeah, no. And I think I think that's what we're getting at. I think some people, um, when they hear the tones of these messages, they very quickly um come to the abrupt kind of they kind of shut off their ears Mm -hmm. and they start to say, well, I'm not willing to do blank. I'm not willing to do blank. Right. And it's like, no, there are ways um, to be discerning on how to submit to someone and not endorse everything, every decision they make. Yeah. Agree with everything they do. What we're really talking about is a matter of being respectful. Yeah. um, And understanding that in submission, um, you are actually submitting to God. Mm-hmm. Like if that was the perspective that we could carry when we engage these conversations, yeah, you know, wasn't wasn't this mentality of whichever side you're on because both sides say it now of this is not my president, you know, <laughs> like I'm not. I know there's a lot to those statements, and I don't want to like get into the meat of it, but it's like that the natural inkling from that is to say well, I'm not submitting to this person, right? Where it's like they've actually been placed in authority over you. And if we're if we're running with the Romans passage, it's saying where they've been placed in authority over you, and God is in a minimum allowed it. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, practice submitting to God by submitting to your leadership and being respectful. Mm-hmm. So- and then Chris, you went on, you said, you know, one of the best ways that you know we can practice this submission is to be praying for our leaders. Um, and you gave some great examples of this. You know, talked about praying for their salvation. Um, you talked about, you know, their families, how we can pray for their families. Um, but I, I thought it would be really good today if we just took some time um, not to pray for our leaders. Maybe we can end there. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be bad. But um, just to say, like, w- let's build a prayer <laughs> for those who are listening to say, you know what, if I was praying for our leaders right now, this is what it would include. And maybe while we're talking about, we can throw a few of those like unhealthy prayers yeah. <laughs> that we've seen in our life. Oh, totally. I'll tell you a story about uh, one of the bad prayer okay. things. So um, back at a, at a previous church, we had a missionary partnership with um, a, uh, a missionary organization in uh, this one of the southern nations in Africa. And uh, we had a guy come out. Uh, to visit us, and you know, when, when our missionary partner he came out and visited us, and we preached that Sunday and things like that. And one of the things that that um, he he's a really great guy, loves the Lord absolutely. But I, this is where I think I disagreed with him um, is that he he said that one of the things that they have been praying for because they they had a ruler in in their country that was a very I mean an evil ruler, 
And so things had been so bad in their country for so long that they were that the the Christians in their church began to pray for his assassination. Oh. And I was like, I, I don't know that that's what the instructions in the scriptures is really getting us to here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because, and, and I, I get why they were doing that. You know, they, they were at a place where it was like, you know, this needs to end. Like this, you know, this is just terrible. But that's not, um, I don't think that, that it's what really honors God mm-hmm. in this, you know, and I think that's I think that's the reality. It's it's hard to think about the fact if we're bringing ourselves to pray, yeah. which is which is a great discipline. But like if we're bringing ourselves to pray, we would typically imagine that we are always honoring God in our prayers. Yeah, but the reality is that we're not. <laughs> not yeah. always. Now God's okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> but well, Ro- but we're yeah, not. <laughs> Romans Romans eight. Uh, I think it's verse twenty six. It, it's such a comfort because it says how the Holy Spirit helps to yes. interpret our prayers because <laughs> we can't pray correctly, yes. and so God helps us with that. So yeah, praise but it's God like for that. We, we need to recognize that that sometimes you know in seeking God's will in prayer, we might be praying for our will. <laughs> you yeah. know, we might be yeah. saying, you know, God, I've we need this person to win. It's like, well, God's got it. Mm-hmm. And God's in control, you know, or we we might be praying, you know, that, as you said, for a bad result to someone yeah. that's not a holy, you know, prayer. I think it would be good today if we just took a little bit of time and we just said, what are some of the things that we would pray for our leaders? Let's literally build a prayer, yeah. you know, for our leaders. Um, so, yeah, what are some of the things that when you guys are praying for our leaders, um, are you praying for? I mean... It- I mentioned just a few on Sunday, but praying for their salvation, I think, is important. I mean, and again, it's not just for their sake. Um, it's it's really, it is for their sake, number one, but it's also for the sake of the people that they govern because mm-hmm. when they when, when people uh, become a Christian, they receive the Holy Spirit, and, and like Romans 12, 2 talks about, their minds become transformed. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to make different, better decisions um, if I could throw a lob, lob an opinion out there, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, because of the transformation that God does in their life. So I think I think salvation is a f- first and foremost uh, prayer that we need to be praying for our leaders. No, absolutely. I think that's great. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about, what is the aim of my prayer? And I love the first Timothy 2 passage. I've told you how, yeah. you know, I, I woke up, you know, on the morning, uh, the morning after the election night, and I was just like, I need... I need some of God's word in my life just to process the, the chaos yeah. that I feel like is going on around me. Yeah. And I was reading the, this passage, the First Timothy 2 passage, and it says, First of all, then I urge you that with supplications, prayer, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions. And then this is the, okay, why? Mm-hmm. That we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in all ways. Yeah. And so it's a reminder for me that the anchor in my prayer of praying for my leaders is that I can live peacefully. Mm-hmm. Um, not this like I can accomplish what I want, I can gain what I'm looking for. Right. Um, that my will will be accomplished, that they'll be the leader I want, but really that so that I can live in peace and still seek God. You know, to to add to that, as we're building this prayer, I think it's good to keep the mindset that I think at the root of this, we really desire our comfort like we were talking about before. And as we start to feel more heat from discomfort in this nation, especially, um, we forget that our eternal home, like Chris was preaching about on Sunday, is is the kingdom Mm -hmm. of heaven. And therefore, we we are hoping that God will turn everything around here on earth because we feel like this is where it's at. 
and we lose sight of what the reward is like and and we forget that we are to join Christ in his suffering and um, and so any 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 hint of suffering yeah. um, sends us into a frenzy where we're like God please stop that please yeah. please make it cease because I don't want to deal with that and we need to and we need to be praying for that because because I you know even as you were talking like I imagine that the stressors just get magnified you know I'm about to have my first child and I like you know, when I think about the state of our world and if I'm at my worst is like, there's no way it's around longer, which I don't really think that, but just say that that's like, <laughs> say that that's where my mind goes, you know, or something. Yeah. It's like, I often think about the facts. I'm like, no, but like, I want a good life for this kid. Yeah. I want, you know, and, and I don't even have the kid yet. <laughs> so I know that there are these stressors in our lives and we're so naturally drawn towards like, you know what? I just don't want to deal with it. I just want to have the comfort. Yeah. in my life. And that's not necessarily what I'm saying when we're praying for peace, but you're right. Like we have to recognize that, that, you know, we want God's will, that we want to trust him no matter what the circumstances look like in the future or the reality that we'll adjust, that we just don't fight for, you know, what we had, but things become different. You know, if, if things came to a point where literally we could not get, like the government said we couldn't gather you know, we'd be forced to make some decisions on how does it look like to gather as a church. Right. And we wouldn't just say, well, we're just going to push back and go right to, you know, yeah. doing it. We would be we would be discerning, is the mm-hmm. word as you threw out, on how do we trust God's will in that. But again, it's all about, you know, saying, you know, God, what are what are you at work at in here and how are you growing me through this? Yeah. I Again, I... I I read like, I read through Daniel this morning because I mm-hmm. wanted to kind of get a perspective of what it was like to live under an enemy nation like that, and that was that was what I was I think the most struck by is how um, how respectful they were towards their leaders. At the same time, when it came down to the um, the the the, the the, that line of okay, now we're crossing into something very holy. We're now we're crossing mm-hmm. into um, you're blaspheming. The king is now blaspheming against the one mm-hmm. true God. At that point, that's when when Christians, you know, Daniel and his friends really stood up and said, no, this is where we draw the line. And they were willing to bet their life on that. They were willing to stake their life on where that line was. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, for us, we need, to, we need to make sure that we have a very clear picture where that line is. So, mm-hmm. so like, for us um, to, you know, again, like kind of like what I said in the sermon too, I guess, but the idea of, of reversing the idea of mm-hmm. evil and good. Is the government now uh, prohibiting and punishing the good that God has set up? And if that's beginning to happen, then I think that we are at a place where like maybe we do need to do something. Maybe we do need to say something. But I think that line is further down the road than most of us think. Um, yeah. um, like, like because I, 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 I think that... that we have seen Christians endure much worse throughout yeah. church history um, than what we are experiencing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what did they do? They submitted to the governing authorities to their death, mm-hmm. and they did that as an act of obedience to God. Yeah, because they they truly believe they were they were serving God. As we've come back to time and time again this in, in this season, is that you know Second Corinthians they 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 believe that the persecution and the trial in their life was growing them in Christ like. Yes. They exactly. literally believe that. Yeah. Not just like there's potential it, for it that. Does. It does. It was growing them. And so again, how you submit to your leadership is going to be a reflection of how God's working out in you. Mm-hmm. And so it might be a mirror into your soul. <laughs> it might yeah. be a mirror into how you're submitting to God. So so you know, in prayer again as we're saying, we're praying for their salvation, you know, first and foremost. 
we're praying, you know, for practical things. You mentioned their family. I thought that story was incredible. Yeah. Um, what an incredible story. But again, even in that, it's like, you know, maybe take some time, you know, when we're approaching, you know, policy and decisions and we want to be praying for those things to learn what are they up against? What are the decisions that they're going to make? I think sometimes all we hear about is the decisions that they just made that we don't like, that we don't spend time thinking about what are they going, you know, to be thinking about and praying for their discernment in those decisions. You know, pray for our discernment and how we engage with those yeah. decisions that they make. That's good. And then I think lastly, it's like our prayer needs to be undergirded with this idea that really we want to um, be able to live faithful to God and live in peace mm-hmm. with one another. Um, not this victorious that, you know, our political leader is going to accomplish victory for our needs. Yeah. Um, that's not the goal of our prayers. Mm-hmm. It may make our life easier and more comfortable, as you said, mm-hmm. but ultimately God is the one um, who's in control and God is the one who's victorious. So Chris, you ended it with talking about give what is due. Um, and in here, you know, you were talking about, again, this is the actually submitting to our leaders, but you, you talked more about kind of just, um, you know, be respectful of them when you're talking about them, you know, they're your leader, that language and things. I want to make a brief note before I ask you guys a question here. Um, just to mention again, I've wrestled with this um, throughout my own life. I've always paid my taxes. But one thing that I think is really interesting is that I do know people that try not to pay their taxes. Sure. Which I think is really interesting. And, and I don't, the, no I'm, one likes to pay yeah, taxes. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not talking about I'm not talking about taking um, using the benefits that are given to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, using tax codes, breaks, all that stuff. Yeah. That's 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 not what I'm talking about. But I have met people who actually avoid paying their taxes. And I think what's important to know when we think about giving um, what is due to God primarily, but through the way that we submit to our leaders, is that we're even talking about those backroom decisions that nobody else knows about. Mm -hmm. We're not just talking about like the obvious ones. Mm -hmm. We're talking about like in the background, how are you submitting to them? You know, Mm -hmm. are you on the surface doing all those things, but really over here you're like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not willing to give to them what's due, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I just think there's, you know, we just need to recognize that, that it's these backroom decisions. It's not just the public decisions, but it's also the ways that we represent how we think about our leaders to those around us. Mm-hmm. Um, being honest, it's not it's not endorsing everything that they believe, right? But it's but it's submitting to them as the leadership, right? Um, because we're submitting to God. If we come back to the very beginning of our discussion here today, we said, "What are the identifiers that we wrestle with?" And you gave these in your like two sentence gospel um, definition. You said we are called to be sojourners. Mm-hmm. We are called to be ambassadors, mm-hmm. and you said we are called to be members of the kingdom. Yeah. So I want to ask you guys, let's just sit on each of those words real quick. What is a sojourner, for those who maybe aren't familiar with it? Mm-hmm. There is a Christian rapper who goes by Sojourn. So I'm sure younger people <laughs> who, I again, I don't like rap, I don't like Christian rap. I've said that like many times, but but it, it, it's... Sojourn is his name. So Sojourner, what's that mean? I like Christian rap, so I'm going to push back. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Um, Well, when I hear the word Sojourner, I I think of exile, um, because biblically those two are kind of interchangeable. It's it's living and dwelling in a land temporarily that is Mm -hmm. not your home, is not your your homeland. Um, And so that's that's what it, that's what saying that we are members of the kingdom of God is like. If we are truly um, 
citizens of that home and that's our eternal home, then we know that we are sojourning here for a temporary yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, like Ruth would be a good example. Yeah. Someone yeah. who came from a foreign nation comes into the nation of Israel and um, taking advantage of all the, 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 the laws for sojourners and things like that. Yeah, so. and I, I also think, you know, so, sojourner, um, there's this implication of fellow traveler. Yeah. And I think we recognize that we are all traveling on this journey with one, with one another, you know, growing in Christ likeness, growing towards Christ. Yeah. That is um, almost in the background of all the living that we're doing. Mm-hmm. So all of us as believers, it's like we're all on this journey together, even though our lives might look a little bit different. The second one you gave was ambassador. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a huge word for this. So what, how would you, you know, define ambassador? So in light of the gospel. Yeah. So an ambassador technically is someone who belongs to one nation, but is living and existing in another nation. And they are um, there to bring relation, like a a relationship between the Mm -hmm. two. And I think so when it comes to the gospel, we as Christians are, um, are, are citizens of the kingdom of God living in another nation, living in another land. And we are here to promote that relationship to, um, to build bridges and promote the relationship with that other nation to the kingdom of God. So um, what a, what a cool title that is when you talk when you think about uh, not only the, uh, the 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 individual identity that we have, mm-hmm. but also the mission, the part that we play in the mission that that God has called us to do. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, when, when I think about ambassador, um, I think about this often. I forget the book I was reading. Um, I was actually reading a book on Christian pacifism, and I'm I'm not actually a pacifist, but it was a really good book. But one of the things it was talking about was. Being an ambassador is making decisions um, as if you believe Jesus was to make decisions. I really think this goes all the way back to talking about God placing us in dominion, um, that we are to rule as if, to rule as image bearers, mm-hmm. which is to attempt to rule as if we believe God would rule. Mm-hmm. An ambassador is to represent the kingdom of God as if we believe Jesus was the one who was actually making the decision. Um, and so I think in part of our discerning process, it's to say, how would Jesus, what would Jesus do? But I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize that there's not always a clear answer and that yeah. we all, we're in completely incapable of completely having that answer. Mm-hmm. And there are very faithful people who fall on both sides of the spectrum. But again, it's, it's reminding ourselves that we're representing something that's bigger than us. Absolutely. I mean, I would say just the fact that if, if people outside of the church know that you are a Christian, they're going to look to us as a representative of Christ, I mean, what Christians yeah. are supposed to be. And um, I, this is something that we talk about with our D-group leaders even, uh, mm-hmm. that, that as a D-group leader, one of the, one of the things that, um, that, that I want to make sure that all of our D-group leaders kind of understand is that the people that they're ministering to, the people in their group, are going to look up to them as, as that, as like, mm-hmm. a, as like a, oh, this is someone who's leading us. This is someone who represents Christ to me in this way. And so I, I think that's something that we often forget because we, we don't, we don't like that responsibility. You know, we don't like the pressure of what that means. Um, but at the same time, I think that it's very true. And people do look to us um, as that sort of ambassador model and um, uh, sort of symbol of who Christ is. Yeah. And the, la- the last word you used, and this is probably the one we should have mentioned first, but, you know, you talked about being a member of the kingdom of God. So how would you kind of give a definition of what does that mean? Um, I'm in a deep study of First Peter right now, and it talks about um, an inheritance that is imperishable, um, and that's truly what the kingdom of God is. It is it is the um, dwelling place of God where we will dwell with him. 
Um, and it started the moment that Jesus came in, in the flesh here on earth. And um, so we are just looking forward to um, eternity, living out um, our inheritance there. Um, and so as a member of that, you receive that citizenship at the moment that you are yeah. um, born again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. You know, I want to give a practical link. I don't know if we have any students that listen to this or a lot of students that listen to this, but, you know, the camp that we go to, one of the things that they have, they constantly push is this mentality of being called a kingdom worker. And I don't really know if they always really spell it out for the students, but if we have any that listen or parents, when you see students with their little card or something this summer, one of the things to consider with this is, is what they're really trying to instill in them. And you could remind them of this is that, you know, first and foremost, when we, as Ariel just said, you know, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we are a member of the kingdom of God. And now we are, you know, as work, as Christ's ambassador to, you know, seek God's will for the, for the world, you know, and to continue to live rightly, do justly, but to ultimately, you know, welcome more people into the kingdom. And so you can tell them, you know, that, hey, that's not just some cool sticker or some cool phrase, but it's really this broad meaning, um, this reminder for you that you have a citizenship that's bigger than even your member of, you know, your immediate family or your membership of Stones Crossing Church or your membership of, you know, American citizenship, any of those identifiers. It's like, this is the broader identifier that you now identify in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So walk in light of that. Yeah. So that's the reminder of that. Absolutely. So, so yeah, so I think it would be good as we close um, our time here. Let's just pray for our leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Ariel or Chris, who wants it? I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> okay. I'll do it. All right. We'll just pray for our leaders. And again, we, we are all navigating this journey together. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we are both citizens of the kingdom of God and we are American citizens. Nobody's denying that, but we're trying to wrestle with those two ideas in tension and make sure that you know, God is the, the author, primary authority in right, our life. Right, right. Okay, let's pray. Father God, you are, um, you are king over all, Lord. You are, um, you are sovereign over all, and you are so good. And those are the truths that we cling to. We cling to the fact that you are um, just and good, um, that, that your promise is forever. Every promise you've made, made is yes and amen in Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we just look forward to... Um, the day that we can see you face to face. Until then, God, we know that we are traveling here and we pray for our leaders. We pray for those um, who are over us in Washington, D.C. We pray for all of our legislators. Um, We pray for our president, our president-elect. Lord, I pray that you would watch over them as they make decisions and that you would surround them with people who would speak truth and uh, discernment into them, um, that they would reap the benefit of, of wise counsel. And I pray that you would um, first and foremost be Lord over their lives, Lord, that they would come to know you um, as their Savior, come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Uh, Father, that they would that they would get to join your kingdom, Lord. Um, and Father, I just pray that you would uh, that you would have your will done here on earth as it is in heaven. Um, that we look forward to the glory that is in your name. Um, And Lord, that even if we experience hardship here in this world, uh, that we can walk through it knowing um, that by your grace, we can overcome because of the witness we have in Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.